Welcome to Hope Community Church's Sermon of the Week. It's our prayer that this message will encourage and equip you to love like Jesus. To learn more about Hope, visit us at hccalive.com. Now enjoy the message. Well, good morning, Hope Church. It is a privilege to be with you this morning, whether that's at a coffee shop, at home in your PJs, or at a relative's house. It is great to be with you this morning. You know, in my first sermon, I mentioned that I'm new to the area. And being new to the area, it's always helpful to see where people are from. On our Facebook and YouTube videos, you can leave a comment. And recently, we've been commenting where we're viewing from. From those comments, I've learned of the towns of Valders, Menchelville, and Medford. It's been great to see where you guys are viewing from. And I guess before we get started, I'm going to do a shameless plug. So in the comments... On whether, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube, share where you're viewing from and your favorite thing to do in that area. It could be Christmas-related or not Christmas-related. Um, some ideas to get the ball rolling. It could be your favorite restaurant, or it could be uh, your favorite tourist attraction, or if you're really, really brave, it could be your favorite fishing spot. Don't worry, your secret is safe with your brothers and sisters in Christ, and I know that takes a lot of courage, but... We'll keep, your, we'll keep your spot secret. Uh, I look forward to seeing what you guys share with us in our comments, but right now let's get started with our message, and would you join me in a time of prayer? Father God, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to gather, whether that's online or together in our homes. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be a part of the church. Lord, we praise you because you are a God who is holy. You are a God who is righteous. You are a God who is powerful, and you have strength that is unmatched, Lord. You are sovereign over all things. And Lord, we come to you today, and we ask that you will remove the things from our hearts that are distractions, Lord. We ask that you will remove idols from our lives, that we ask that you will remove the things that will prevent us from hearing your word, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you sent your son to die on the cross for our sins. Lord, we thank you we have the opportunity to celebrate this wonderful holiday of Christmas when you sent your son to come to earth. Lord, we thank you for your grace and your mercy that you extend to us every day. We thank you for the church that you have given to us so that we do not have to do this Christian walk alone. And Lord, we pray and ask for continued growth and sanctification, Lord. We ask for continued understanding of who you are. Lord, we pray for wisdom and discernment. We pray for the forgiveness of our sins, Lord. We pray for conviction of our sins. Lord, we pray for healing for those who are sick, whether that's in our congregation or in our community, in our state, in our country, and across the world. You are the great physician, and we trust all things to you. Lord, we pray for our leaders. We pray for our church leaders, for our community leaders, for our government leaders, Lord, that you will draw them near to you, that you will give them wisdom and discernment and guide their actions and decisions. And finally, Lord, we pray for unity. We pray for the love for God and love for others that you can instill in us, Lord. We lift all of these things in your name. Amen. So for those of you who may not know, I love reading. And recently I was reading an essay on the importance of language. In the essay, the author defines language as the use of words in a structured and conventional way conveyed by speech, writing, or gesture. 
The structure of words shapes the way that we understand things. Language is how we learn, it's how we understand, and it's how we gain wisdom. Words provide us with what we need to be able to explain our experiences. For example, when I was a child, I was very curious, and one day I touched an iron that was hot, and I obtained an injury, and we would all call that injury a burn, right? And I was thinking about this injury, I was thinking about how language is communicated, and I recently visited my sister who had a baby the day after Thanksgiving. And Whitney is, is young, she's three weeks old, and she's curious about everything in the world. And I couldn't help but think, if that baby grows up to be anything like me, she'll be very curious about everything. And someday she might go up and try to touch a hot iron. And if she goes to touch the iron, we can look at her and say, no, don't touch that. You will burn yourself. We learn from language, and language is a way that we communicate stories of what have happened. And perhaps one of the most amazing stories in history is the story of the early church. These churches were led by the Spirit and the Apostles' teaching, and they grew tremendously under the harshest of persecution. Some examples of that persecution include facing imprisonment from local governments. They faced beatings by the Jewish leaders. They faced riots by tradesmen and business people. They, the churches grew in cities that were diametrically opposed to the gospel in every way. These churches had false teachers that rose among them and put undue roadblocks in the gospel message. Yet in the face of this persecution, the church remained faithful to their mission. Well, just what was their mission? Their mission was to preach Jesus. And this mission is a major theme in the book of Acts. You see, Dr. Luke, the writer of the book of Acts, pays close attention to the details surrounding the preaching of Jesus. He pays close attention to Peter, John, Stephen, Philip, and more. He records Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost when 3,000 people were saved in Acts chapter 2. He records Peter's sermon, which led to 5,000 people being saved in Acts chapter 3. He records Stephen's sermon in Acts chapter 7, right before his death. And he goes on to write about how after the death of Stephen, the church spread, to bringing the gospel to thousands of unreached people. An example of that is Philip preaching the gospel in Acts chapter 8. But in Acts chapter 9, we're introduced to a new character. Though he isn't new in person, Saul is mentioned in Acts chapter 7 at the stoning of Stephen, Saul is made new in Christ on the road to Damascus. And after his conversion, this man Saul becomes Paul. And beginning in chapter 13, Dr. Luke records the story of the multiple missionary journeys that the apostle Paul would go on, and he would record what he did while he was on those journeys. He writes about how Paul fought for the gospel with both world and religious leaders. He writes about how Paul was stoned for preaching the gospel, how he attended the Jerusalem council. He writes about how Paul started churches, cast out demons, and was falsely imprisoned. He writes about how Paul faced unfair trials, how he revisited churches after he had planted them. And he writes about how Paul faced a riot in Ephesus 
and how he collected a gift for the churches in Jerusalem. Now, if that isn't oppressive enough resume, Paul wrote of the conditions that he faced while he was on these missionary journeys in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty four through 28. It says, Five times I received at the hands of the Jews 40 lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A day and a night I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Wow. What would cause a man to subject himself to such a struggle? Well, in keeping with the theme of Acts, Paul was all in on the message of preaching Jesus. And although that in of itself would be a noble enough goal, Paul's story also reveals to us another truth. You see, Paul preached Jesus because of his love for the church. Paul preached Jesus because of his love for the church. For as much as Paul was an evangelist, he was also a pastor. Paul's story shows that he worked and preached to start churches, and he was available to sustain churches. Everything that Paul did stemmed from his love for the Lord and his love for others, particularly his love for the church. Therefore, we see the language that is used by Luke reveals to us that Paul preached this message of love for the Lord and his love for the church through action, through word, and through his availability. This morning, let's see what we can learn from Paul's story as we look at Acts chapter 20. And in our first section this morning, we'll look at Paul's love in action, and this will cover Acts 20, verses 1 through 6. Let's read this together. And after the uproar had ceased, Paul sent for the disciples, and after encouraging them, he said farewell and departed for Macedonia. And when he had gone through those regions and had given them much encouragement, he came to Greece. There he spent three months, and when a plot was made against him by the Jews as he was about to set sail for Syria, he decided to return through Macedonia. Sopater, the Berean, son of Pyrrhus, accompanied him, and of the Thessalonians, Aristarchus and Syndicus, and Gaius of Derby, and Timothy, and the Asians, Tychicus and Trophimus. These went ahead and were waiting for us at Troas. But we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread. And in five days we came to them at Troas, where we stayed for seven days. So a quick glimpse at Acts 20, verses 1 through 6, shows Paul on the move. After he had left Ephesus, he goes to Greece and then returns through Macedonia. Then in verses 4 through 5, Luke makes sure to record the people that Paul is traveling with. He then concludes the section with Paul on the move again. Luke was writing Acts as a record of what had happened during the early church, particularly what Paul's role was in the early church. 
While this record is not fully comprehensive, we do get clues as to when the early church grew and how it was formed. In this particular instance, we see Luke serving Paul by recording the men that he was traveling with. Well, why is that important? Well, 2 Corinthians 8 through 9 reveals to us that during this time on this missionary journey, Paul was traveling to the churches to collect a gift for the church in Jerusalem. At the time, the church in Jerusalem was impoverished by famine and persecution was everywhere. Paul was stepping in to help. To do this, Paul needed help from the local churches. However, this would be no simple task. There was a significant cultural divide between the Jew and the Gentile. Much of the early dissension in the early church came from this cultural divide between Jew and Gentile. Therefore, Paul enlisted men from local churches to help him administer this gift to the church in Jerusalem. Why? Well, particularly in Corinth, there were many false teachers that opposed Paul. There were many false teachers that opposed the gift. The church in Corinth was tempted not to trust Paul, yet in 2 Corinthians 8, 18-22, we see Paul's response. He writes, with him, we are sending the brother who is famous among all the churches for his preaching of the gospel. And not only that, but he has been appointed by the churches to travel with us as we carry out this act of grace that is being ministered by us for the glory of the Lord himself and to show our goodwill. We take this course so that no one should blame us about this generous gift that is being administered by us. For we aim at what is honorable, not only in the Lord's sight, but also in the sight of man. And with them we are sending our brother, whom we have often tested and found earnest in many matters. But who is now more earnest than ever because of his great confidence in you? You see, Paul could have easily played the apostle card and said, Well, I'm an apostle, you should probably trust me, and went on his merry way. Yet he understood that his actions were a significant way that he could show his love to the church. Not only was Paul collecting money for the monetarily impoverished church, but he was caring for the spiritually impoverished church in Corinth. He was caring for them through his actions, through how he could show his love for them. He did this by going above and beyond for the sake of his ministry, but more importantly, for the sake of the gospel. So why would Luke share these names? Well, he's writing the story of Paul. By introducing these names, Luke shows us how Paul loves the church through action. Friends, do our actions point to the love of Christ? Do we proclaim God's goodness and then turn around and treat our neighbor poorly? Do we share the orthodox teachings of the unity we have in Christ, but then divide over small things? Paul understood the significance of one's actions in relation to their preaching or teaching of the message. He understood that personal holiness and being above reproach was more than just a suggestion. It's a command. He knew that he could express his love for the church and his love for the Lord in action. 
However, we see that his story does not end there. And as Luke transitions beginning in verse 7, we see Paul's love in word. This is verses 7 through 12. And as Luke transitions, he shares the story of Eutychus, a man who falls asleep at the right place and at the right time. It's funny to me, his name in the Greek actually means fortunate. And as we read this story, I think we'll be able to see why. So this is Acts chapter 20, verses 7 through 12. And on the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul talked with them, intending to depart on the next day. And he prolonged his speech until midnight. There were many lamps in the upper room where we gathered. And a young man named Eutychus, sitting in the window, sank into a deep sleep as Paul talked still longer. And being overcome by sleep, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. But Paul went down and bent over him, and taking him in his arms, said, Do not be alarmed, for his life is in him. And when Paul had gone up and had broken bread and eaten, he conversed with them a long while until daybreak, and so departed. And they took the youth away alive and were not a little comforted. So first off, if you're ever worried about a 30-minute sermon, just think back to the day when Paul preached until midnight. The 30-minute sermon won't seem so bad. However, I think this passage shows more than just how long pastors can actually talk for. It shows us actually the structure of the early church service. Notice that they met on Sundays. Sundays were the first day of the week, and they would meet on Sunday nights after a long day's work. Notice that they broke bread together. And finally, late in the evening, they would have a message. As we look at this example, notice what the most important part of this service was. The thing that they spent the most time on. It was the message. Paul is ministering to the church in his sermon. Paul preaches and encourages them well into the hours of the early morning. In fact, he preaches for so long that a young man named Eutychus falls from the third-story window and dies. Now, there's some debate on whether or not the young man fell asleep because of how long Paul's sermon was or if the candles that were lighting the room took out all the oxygen. But either way, it was a long sermon. Notice Paul's response in verse 10. We see him rush down and he raises the boy from the dead. It's an amazing miracle. It's amazing. But let's pause for a moment. This was an incredible display of the power of the spirit that was given to the apostles. Surely everyone would gather afterwards and they could do a healing ministry right there. But notice what happens after Paul raises this young man from the dead. They break bread and he goes right back to preaching. In fact, he continues preaching until the morning right before he leaves. Paul had the incredible healing power of the Spirit. He had incredible apostolic power. Yet he understood that the preaching of God was vitally important for the church. Today, we've become so quick to divorce the power of God from the proclamation of his word. Rather than healing and performing miracles, Paul spent his final hours with the church preaching the message of Christ. The miracle that Paul performs points them back 
to his teaching. And as we move to our third point, we finally see that Paul's love is expressed in availability. Paul's love is expressed in availability. So after this amazing story of raising Eutychus from the dead, Paul continues on his journey. You see, Paul understood the importance of presence for the church. In his entire passage, we see that Paul had traveled to eight different cities. When he traveled to these churches, he offered encouragement, teaching, and fellowship. The early church faced persecution and struggle, and Paul knew that the ministry of presence was vital. The ministry of presence is important. Just how important? Well, Paul actually chose to forego a trip on a boat in order to walk through some cities so that he could spend time with them. We'll see in next week's passage that even though Paul skips Ephesus, he'll go back and meet with the leaders at a different location. Just as in the times of the early church, today this message is no different. In difficult times, we're called to be together. We're called to be here for one another. We're called to love one another, lift one another up, encourage one another. The body of Christ should not be isolated from one another. Just as we see in Acts chapter 2, our commitment to each other and our commitment to God's word is an essential part of our walk with Christ. It is part of the growth and the sanctification of a believer. Our fellowship is part of God's plan for the church. If you're out there today and you're not experiencing the joy of Christian fellowship, please reach out to us at Hope. Let us help you realize the joy of experiencing like-minded believers pursuing the same goals, pursuing growth in understanding who God is and loving one another as he first loved us. Though we can't meet in person right now, we look forward to January 3rd when we will be able to gather together again in fellowship and community. But until then, we hope that you can look back to the stories of men and women who have gone through hardship, who have gone through struggles, and see God's faithfulness in their lives. These stories serve as examples of triumph and as failure, and we can learn from both the success and the failure of people in the early church, of people throughout church history. In these times, we need to remain dedicated to the word of God and to one another. We cannot lose sight of the wonderful story that has been given to us in Scripture, this wonderful story of the gospel. We cannot lose sight of the vital role that the gospel plays in the church and in our lives as followers of Christ. And one way we can remember this is by looking back to the stories of the early church. We can look back to the story of Paul. We can look to see how he encouraged the church, how he loved the church through action, through word, and through availability. Stories help us to learn. The book of Acts is the story of the early church and Paul's ministry within it. This morning, as we reflect on Paul's story, let's take a moment to evaluate our lives. You see, Paul loved the church by his actions. He never wanted his actions to discredit the gospel message. 
Paul loved the church by his words. Paul taught the word of God and understood its importance. Paul loved the church by his availability. He took the time to be with the body of Christ in fellowship. But as we look to ourselves this morning, where do we stand? Do we allow our actions to discredit our message? Do we shy away from teaching or studying the Bible because it's difficult, challenging, or it might not be as fun? Do we deny fellowshipping with our brothers and sisters in Christ? If you're listening this morning and that's you, go back through this Paul story. Go back and look at the story of the early church. We can learn from their example. We can learn how they followed Christ even in the midst of persecution. I encourage you to spend time in prayer. Talk with God about where you're at and don't be afraid to be honest with God. He knows the desires of your heart. He already knows where you're at. Share that with him. Reach out to a small group. Reach out to a friend. Reach out to a family member. Reach out to somebody. We are the body of Christ and we are called to encourage one another and to build one another up in the face of difficult times. If you're not connected, reach out to us at Hope. We are here for you and we would love to get you plugged in at Hope Community Church. And if you're here this morning and you're listening to this message and you want to know more about this message that Paul was sharing, if you would like to know more about the message that is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the message that leads to salvation, the message that leads to the freedom from the bondage of sin, this message that empowered Paul to face all of his hardship with joy, the message that Paul gave his life to, this message that changed Paul's life and the message of, or in the lives of so many people. Don't let your questions go unanswered. Don't let your questions go unanswered. Reach out to us. Share with us in the chat. Reach out to us at our church offices. Contact one of our staff members. We would love to share the gospel message with you. It's a wonderful message that you too can be saved from the penalty, from the weight of your sins, and that you can have eternal life with Christ. Christ died for me, and Christ died for you, and that message is the message that Paul preached, the message that is the message that encouraged the church, and that is our message for this morning. Would you please pray with me? Father God, we thank you for this day, Lord, and we thank you for the opportunity to hear from you. I pray that if there is anyone out there who is is not experiencing Christian fellowship, Lord, that you will give them the boldness and the courage to reach out to somebody. Lord, I pray that you will uh, use us as Hope Community Church to reach out into our community, to reach out into our body, Lord, and, and, and build one another up and share your love. Father, I pray that you will encourage us and strengthen us to love in the same way that Paul did through his actions, through his words, and through his availability, Lord. We lift all of these things up in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Previous messages of our Acts series can be found at hccalive.com. If you would like to partner with us, you have the opportunity to give at hccalive.com as well. Don't forget to subscribe and may we continue to love like Jesus.